0: Too Many Pumpkins by Linda White Every year at springtime, Rebecca Estelle planted just enough seeds in her garden to grow vegetables for the long winter. She planted carrots and beans, tomatoes and peas, corn and rutabagas. She grew a little of everything except pumpkins. Rebecca Estelle hated pumpkins. When she was a little girl, money had been scarce. For an entire month, all there had been to eat were pumpkins. Baked pumpkins, steamed pumpkins, boiled pumpkins, stewed pumpkins, mashed pumpkins, rotten pumpkins, breakfast pumpkins, lunch pumpkins, dinner pumpkins, enough pumpkins. When things finally improved and there was more money to buy food, Rebecca Estelle decided she would never eat pumpkins again. Or even look at one. Not ever. And she didn't until one autumn day long after Rebecca Estelle's hair had turned snowy white. She was raking the leaves that fell each fall from her black walnut tree and her cat Esmeralda was scattering them just as quickly. All of a sudden the pumpkin truck passed by. Oh she heard it coming and she knew what it was. It rumbled by at harvest time every year. She turned her back and concentrated on picking up the last fallen leaf. She managed to ignore the truck until splat An enormous pumpkin tumbled off the truck and smashed into slimy orange smithereens all over the edge of her yard. "'Come back here and get this pumpkin,' she yelled. But the driver sped away. "'Well, I won't touch her, Rebecca Estelle insisted, getting her shovel from the barn. "'And I won't look at it,' she added, as she shoveled dirt on top of the pumpkin pieces. "'I won't think about that pumpkin ever again,' she declared. And she didn't until spring.' When Rebecca Estelle was admiring the new sprouts in her garden. She noticed Esmeralda pale, playing in some big green leaves growing at the edge of the yard. How curious, she said, going over to inspect them. I didn't plant anything there. Then Rebecca Estelle remembered the pumpkin truck and the slimy pumpkin smitherings. Pumpkins, she cried in disgust. Come out of there, Esmeralda. I will not water those plants. I will not tend them. I will ignore them and they will die. She picked up Esmeralda and stomped inside, but a week later when Rebecca still peered out her window, she saw that the vines had grown. She tramped to the barn, got out her garden tools, and went to work on the pumpkin vines. She cut and dug until not one was left growing. There, now there will be no pumpkins. She smiled and went back inside, but the next week when she was weeding the garden, she noticed that the pumpkin vines had grown back. Rebecca Estelle marched inside and snapped the curtain shut. The only thing to do is ignore them. They won't grow if I don't take care of them, she muttered. So rain or shine all spring and summer, she never looked out the front window. She used only the back door and never even glanced toward the vines. Nor did Esmeralda. "'Rebecca Estelle ignored the vines so well "'that in time she forgot why she wasn't using the front door "'until one day when she and Esmeralda went to rake the leaves "'that fell each fall from the black walnut tree "'in front of the house. "'Pumpkins!' Rebecca Estelle shrieked. "'Pumpkin vines had twined under the bushes, "'over the birdbath, through the porch rails, "'and onto the rocking chair. "'The entire yard was a sea of plump round pumpkins.' Rebecca Estelle could no longer ignore them. She plumped down on the pumpkin nearest her, putting her hands over her face. "'Whatever will I do?' Esmeralda, she cried. "'How will I get rid of this many pumpkins?' She thought and she thought. Her mind went back to all the pumpkins she'd eaten as a young girl, when pumpkins were the only food her family had. "'Well, we can't let them stay here,' she told Esmeralda. "'Some people might need these pumpkins, and I suppose there are folks crazy enough to like them. We'll give them away.' She marched off to get her wheelbarrow. Rebecca Estelle struggled to lift the first pumpkin, then the second and the third. She huffed and she puffed as she wheeled the loaded wheelbarrow into the lane. I'm too tired to deliver these heavy pumpkins now, Rebecca Estelle grumbled. She mopped her brow with an apron and wondered what to do next. Perhaps if I make them into pies, they will be easier to deliver. Such a nuisance. So she went to work. She scooped the slimy seeds out of the pumpkins and cut away the shells. After she boiled the pumpkin meat, she mixed it with eggs, milk, sugar, flour, cinnamon, nutmeg, and cloves to make rich pies. Then Rebecca still made pumpkin tarts, pumpkin muffins, pumpkin cakes, pumpkin bread, pumpkin pudding, pumpkin cookies, until pumpkin dishes were spilled out of every cupboard drawer cubby hold, and the seeds were a mountain in the corner. Well, that's the first batch, Rebecca Estelle said, dusting her flowery hands. Now to deliver them. She put the wheelbarrow outside the kitchen door, then loaded it with pumpkin treats. When it was full, just the thought of delivering all those pumpkin dishes made Rebecca Estelle tired. If only people would come and get them, she said. Then she had an idea. Rebecca Estelle whirled around and hurried back into the house for a kitchen knife. This should get people to come, Rebecca Estelle cried. She took her knife and sat in the middle of the pumpkin patch. She carved a smiling face in a nice round pumpkin, a scary snaggle tooth face on a tall, thin pumpkin, and boo on a short, squat pumpkin. She was so busy carving pumpkins, she hardly noticed how dark it was getting. When she could no longer see, she went to the shelf on the back porch and got the sack of candles she kept for emergencies. If this doesn't get people to come here, we'll have to deliver them all ourselves, she muttered to Esmeralda. Rebecca Estelle peered into the darkness for a long time. She didn't see anything. Still she watched until finally she saw a light, faint at first, then brighter, then more lights bobbing through the night. Here they come, she shouted. Asmrilla, let's heat some apple cider. Young and old, everyone in town came. Rebecca Estelle, we thought you hated pumpkins, they said. We saw your jack o from the end of the road and came for a closer look. I was hoping you would, said Rebecca Estelle. Where did you ever find all these pumpkins, people asked. I came by them quite by accident, Rebecca Estelle said, smiling. Would you like some pumpkin pie? There's plenty. She winked at Esmeralda. Everyone enjoyed the pumpkin pie and cider and had a good time. So did Rebecca Estelle. And when they were ready to go home, she made sure each carried a jack-o'-lantern, a bag of seeds for roasting, and a pumpkin treat. Rebecca Estelle gave away everything that reminded of the pumpkins she's always hated. Until... All that remained was a handful of seeds. Those she tucked snugly into her pocket where they would be safe until planting time next spring. <laughs> the Legend of Spookly the Square Pumpkin Written by Joe Troiano. One day in the pumpkin patch, the strangest little pumpkin hatched. Spookley wasn't like his friends. Where they had curves, he had ends. Spookly was different. He was odd. He was rare. Spookly, the pumpkin, wasn't round. He was square. While the round pumpkins had fun rolling along, poor Spookley there sat there shaped all wrong. He tried and tried with all his might, but he couldn't budge. He just sat tight. The other pumpkins teased him because he was square. "'Spookly wished he was round and could roll everywhere. "'That is until one night when they all discovered "'it's fine to be round when the weather's fair, "'but there are times it's better to be a square. "'Halloween was just a day away "'when a mighty storm blew across the bay. "'It tossed the round pumpkins to and fro. "'It snapped their vines, then off they'd go, "'bouncing left, slamming right, banging, bashing. "'What a sight! "'Spookly sat there filled with fright, "'but glad to be a square that night. "'Suddenly the fence gave way.' Three pumpkins rolled out and into the bay. Spookly knew what must be done. It was up to him. He was the one. He teetered. He tottered. He tipped. He tried. And finally, he flipped. He was on his side. Again, he tipped. Again, he flopped. Again, he flipped. And then he stopped right in the gap where the fence had snapped. He blocked the way. The hole was capped. All the pumpkins shouted, hooray. Spookly, the square pumpkin, had saved the day. Then a pumpkin hit him with a whack. He thought his shell would start to crack. Then another one hit him with a thump and another one with a smack. Then one by one, a ton of pumpkins piled on the stack with a bang and a bash and a crunch and a crash and then it all went black. At dawn, when the storm had stopped, the farmer came out and checked his crop. He picked up his pumpkins one by one and laid them out in the warm, dry sun. And when the last was moved away, the farmer could see what had saved the day. An odd-shaped pumpkin, short and dense, was wedged against the broken fence. Its shell was bruised, its stem was too, but there was brave little spookly sitting straight and strong and true. Right then and then the farmer knew, of all the seeds he'd ever sown, spooklys were the most special that had ever grown. And the next year, when it was time to sow, he sowed those seeds in every row. He watered and weeded and watched them grow, And oh, that morning, about mid-June, when the pumpkin patch began to bloom, there were tiny pumpkins everywhere, hundreds and hundreds, most of them square. Some were cubes, some rectangular, some were flat, others triangular. There was a bed of bright red ones and two beds, rows of blue. There were polka dot pumpkins and rainbow ones, too. There were thousands of colors and hundreds of shapes. Oh, what a garden variety makes. Now every year on Halloween, Spookley's patch is quite the scene. People come from far and near to see what wonders grew that year. They stop, they gawk, they gaze, they stare. Then they pick a pumpkin that's round, triangular, or perfectly square. Now you know the story of how spookly grew. Maybe someday you'll tell someone too, and they'll go tell someone who'll tell another, and maybe one day we will all discover you can't judge a book or a pumpkin by its cover. The Vanishing Pumpkin by Tony Johnston. There was a 700-year-old woman. There was an 800-year-old man. They were rocking by the fire as the sun came up. Old man, said the old woman, the sun reminds me of something. What, asked the old man, pumpkins. And pumpkins remind me of Halloween. And that's what day it is. Lucky lizards, croaked the old man. Fetch the pumpkin we've been saving and let's make a pumpkin pie. The old woman would have done that, but the pumpkin had vanished from sight. She looked in the coffee pot. No pumpkin. She looked in the bed. No pumpkin. She looked in her purse of magic powders. No pumpkin, not a single one. Snitched, she cried in a 700-year-old voice. Our Halloween pumpkin's been snitched. Great snakes, croaked the old man. Who would dare snitch a pumpkin from an 800-year-old man? And they set off down the road. They went as fast as a 700-year-old woman and an 800-year-old man can. In fact, they fairly flew. They met a ghoul perched on a fence post. The old man flew up and hollered out, Ghoul, where is it? Don't know, growled the ghoul, and he didn't. He didn't even know what it was. "'Tell him what it is,' suggested the old woman. "'Our pumpkin!' hollered the old man. "'Where is it?' "'Don't know,' growled the ghoul. "'And he began to search for the pumpkin. "'He looked underneath himself. "'He looked behind himself. "'He looked behind the old woman. "'He looked behind the old man. "'Stop that,' cried the old man, "'or I'll do you such a trick.' "'Please do,' growled the ghoul. "'So the old man made him thin as an onion skin, "'and he peered right through him, "'hoping to find the pumpkin hidden in a sneaky place.' The old woman clapped. The ghoul clapped. Even the old man clapped at that trick. But they did not find the pumpkin, so the old man made him a normal ghoul again. Where is that pumpkin, croaked the old man. I want my pumpkin pie. So they set off down the road. They went as fast as a 700-year-old woman and an 800-year-old man can. In fact, they fairly flew. The ghoul came right behind. He wanted to see more tricks. He wanted some pumpkin pie, too. "'They met a rapscallion picking mushrooms. "'The old man flew up and hollered out, "'Rapscallion, where's the, the, the pumpkin?' "'Whispered the old woman. "'Exactly,' muttered the old man. "'Where is it?' "'The rapscallion thought about that. "'He looked behind a rock. "'No pumpkin. "'He looked under his feet, which was hard to do. "'No pumpkin. "'He looked in his mushroom basket. "'No pumpkin. "'Will a mushroom do?' he asked. "'Never!' shouted the old man. "'I shan't eat mushroom pie!' It's pumpkin pie or nothing. Then it's nothing, said the rapscallion, grinning. Rapscallion, don't be fresh with an 800-year-old man, snapped the old man, or I'll do you such a trick. Please do, said the rapscallion, grinning. So the old man turned him upside down, there between earth and sky to shake that pumpkin out. The old woman clapped, the ghoul clapped, the rapscallion clapped, even the old man clapped at that fine trick. But not one single pumpkin fell from the rapscallion. So the old man put him down again. Where is that pumpkin, croaked the old man. I want my pumpkin pie. So they set up down the road. They went as fast as a 700-year-old woman and an 800-year-old man can. In fact, they fairly flew. The ghoul and the rapscallion came right behind. They wanted to see more tricks. They wanted some pumpkin pie, too. They met a varmint right then and there. The old man flew up and bawled out, "'Varmint, did you see a pumpkin go by, a big, fat one?' "'A great, big, fat one?' asked the varmint. "'Yes, yeah, yes,' cried the old man, jumping up and down. "'Nope,' said the varmint, Then he laughed wickedly. "'Wicked, wicked, wicked!' shouted the old man. "'I'll do you such a trick for tricking me.' "'Please do,' laughed the varmint. "'So the old man turned him into a black cat and gave him lots of fleas.' The old woman clapped. The ghoul clapped. The rapscallion clapped. The old man clapped at his own trick. The varmint scratched. But no matter how he scratched, he never scratched a pumpkin. So the old man brought him back again. Oh, where is that pumpkin, croaked the old man. I want my pumpkin pie. So they set off down the road. They went as fast as a 700-year-old woman and an 800-year-old man can. In fact, they fairly flew. The ghoul and the rapscallion and the varmint came right behind. They wanted to see more tricks. They wanted some pumpkin pie, too. They met a 900-year-old wizard rocking by a fire as the sun went down. The old man flew up, and he saw that it was no fire at all. It was the pumpkin carved into a jackal and, and grinning from ear to ear. The old man felt like yelling, But you don't yell at a 900-year-old wizard. He might turn you into a lizard. I borrowed your pumpkin, said the wizard. Snitched, muttered the old man. Borrowed for my jack-o'-lantern. Nothing but the best for me. Great grizzlies, moaned the old man. I'll never have my pumpkin pie. Pie, said the wizard. That reminds me of something. What, asked the old woman. Pie reminds me of pie. And when I finished my jack-o'-lantern, that's what I made for you. Where, the old man asked. Oh, dear, said the wizard, it was just here. And he began to search for the pumpkin pie. He looked inside the jack-o'-lantern. No pie. He looked under his beard. No pie. He looked under his hat. And there it was, along with a bat. So they all sat down and gobbled it up. Now, what do you think of that? The Littlest Pumpkin by R.A. Herman. It was Halloween, and there were 18 pumpkins left at Bartlett's Farm Stand. The pumpkins looked their very best because they all wanted to be taken home and made into jolly jack lanterns The littlest pumpkin had the biggest dreams of all. She saw herself shining in the dark with ghosts, monsters, witches, and fairies gathered around her singing a Halloween song. And today was the day when all her dreams were going to come true. Maggie dropped by the stand on her way to school just as it was opening. I want the biggest pumpkin you have for my class party, she said, looking at the pumpkins on display. She didn't even glance at the littlest pumpkin. The pumpkin Maggie chose was so big, Mr. Bartlett had to help her put it in her mother's car. Then the twins arrived. Jess wanted the roundest, fattest pumpkin. Jen wanted the tallest, skinniest pumpkin. They both knew exactly what they wanted their jack-o'-lanterns to look like. Later that morning, Mrs. Garland's class came to the farm stand to buy apples and pumpkins for their Halloween party. The littlest pumpkin was very excited when she saw the children. Now certainly I will be chosen by someone and made into a jack-o'-lantern, she thought. But no one chose the littlest pumpkin. All day long, people came to the farm stand to buy pumpkins. Mr. Potter ran in to choose a pumpkin for his daughter, Kate. Poor Kate was home with the flu, but she had drawn pictures for her dad so he could see exactly what kind of pumpkin she wanted. Mr. Potter looked at every single pumpkin until he found the right one. The sun began to set, and only four pumpkins were left at the farm stand. One pumpkin had a bruise on its back. One pumpkin was lumpy and bumpy. One pumpkin didn't have a stem, and the last pumpkin was the littlest pumpkin. The littlest pumpkin still had big dreams. She would be a beautiful jack lantern at a Halloween party. She would shine in the dark with ghosts, monsters, witches, and fairies gathered around her, singing a Halloween song. But while the littlest pumpkin was dreaming, Gabe and Mona arrived. They ran up to the four remaining pumpkins. Gabe grabbed the seamless one, the stemless one. Perfect, he said. My jack lanterns lantern is going to wear this hat. Mona picked up the littlest pumpkin. Oh, how cute, she said. The littlest pumpkin was so happy. All her dreams were going to come true. But it's too small for me to carve into a jack-o'-lantern, said Mona, putting it down. Then she picked up the lumpy, bumpy one instead. Now this one is perfect. Soon it was dark, and the stars began to sparkle in the sky. Mr. Bartlett was cleaning up. Oh, please don't close yet, thought the littlest pumpkin. I must be a jack-o'-lantern for Halloween. Suddenly, Mr. Bartlett heard someone calling his name. Mr. Bartlett! Mr. Bartlett! It was Sam. Please wait, said Sam. I need a pumpkin for my party tonight. Mr. Bartlett picked up the bruised pumpkin and told Sam that if he turned it around, it would make a very nice jack-o-lantern. Sam agreed, and that, Mr. Bartlett, closed the farm stand. So there in the dark on Halloween night sat the littlest pumpkin. She was all alone. Or so she thought just when the littlest pumpkin was sure she was going to spend Halloween night all alone in the empty farm stand, mice started scurrying around her. They were decorating everything, wearing tiny costumes, and carrying all sorts of Halloween goodies. And before the littlest pumpkin knew what was happening, she found herself in the middle of a Halloween party. Mice dressed in costumes were bobbing for cranberries, playing pin the tail on the squirrel, and eating cheese and crumbs. Then the best thing happened of all the littlest pumpkin was turned into a jack lantern She was shining in the dark with ghosts, monsters, witches, and fairies gathered around her singing a Halloween song. All her dreams had come true on Halloween night. It's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown by Charles M. Schultz. Every fall, the leaves on the trees turn brown and fall off the branches. Pumpkins grow big and plump in their patches. The air grows cooler and people start to think about their Halloween costumes. And every fall, Linus writes a very important letter. Dear Great Pumpkin, Linus writes, I'm looking forward to your arrival on Halloween night. I hope you will bring me lots of presents. Who are you writing to? asked Charlie Brown. The Great Pumpkin, Linus replies. On Halloween night, the Great Pumpkin rises out of his pumpkin patch and flies through the air with his bag of toys for all the children. Linus's sister Lucy isn't happy that Linus is writing to the Great Pumpkin. You'll make me the laughingstock of the neighborhood, she complains. But Charlie Brown's sister Sally doesn't think Linus is crazy. She thinks Linus is wonderful. He is her sweet baboo. "'Wouldn't you like to sit with me in the pumpkin patch on Halloween night "'and wait for the great pumpkin?' Linus asks. "'Sally is thrilled. I'd love to,' she tells Linus. "'Later that day, Charlie Brown has a surprise waiting for him in the mailbox. "'I got an invitation to a Halloween party,' he exclaims. "'Lucy thinks the invitation must be a mistake. "'There were two lists,' he tells Charlie Brown, "'one to invite and one not to invite. "'Charlie Brown knows which list he was probably on, "'but he decides to go to the party anyway.' On Halloween night, everyone is planning to go to the party, except Linus. My blockhead brother will be out in the pumpkin patch, making his yearly fool of himself, Lucy grumbles. She can't understand why Linus would choose to miss out on all the fun that Halloween has to offer by sitting around in a pumpkin patch. Everyone puts on their costumes. Lucy is dressed as a witch. Charlie Brown is dressed as a ghost. But no one can tell what he's supposed to be because he had some trouble with the scissors. Sally is also dressed as a ghost, and so is Schroeder. They figured out how to use the scissors just fine. Pigpen is dressed as a ghost, too. Everyone can tell which ghost he is because a cloud of dust surrounds him. Snoopy walks by, also dressed in a costume. Who in the world is that? asks Lucy. He's a World War One flying ace, Charlie Brown exclaims. Oh, now I think I've seen everything, Lucy says. Lucy declares that everyone will go trick-or-treating first and then go to the Halloween party. As they pass by the pumpkin patch, Linus sees them and gets excited, thinking they have come to wait with him. Have you come to sing pumpkin carols with me, he asked. You blockhead, Lucy yells at her brother. You're going to miss all the fun, just like last year. Don't talk like that, Linus cries. The great pumpkin will come, because I am in the most sincere pumpkin patch. "'Oh, good grief!' Lucy exclaims. "'She marches off with her friends. "'It looks like no one wants to join Linus in the pumpkin patch "'to wait for the great pumpkin. "'Except what about Sally?' "'Sally is torn. "'She doesn't want to miss out on all the fun "'of trick-or-treating and a party, "'but Linus is her sweet baboo. "'What should she do?' "'Sally runs back to the pumpkin patch. "'I'm glad you came back,' Linus tells her. "'You'll see the great pumpkin with your own eyes.' Linus is paused if the Great Pumpkin will pick this patch. Why wouldn't he? The Great Pumpkin chooses the most sincere patch to visit every year. And how could a pumpkin patch be more sincere than this one? Sally hopes Linus is right. Meanwhile, the rest of the kids go trick-or-treating. Trick-or-treats, money or eats, they yell at the first door. Everyone compares what they got. I got five pieces of candy, brags Lucy. I got a chocolate bar, exclaims Patty. I got a quarter, said Violet happily. I got a rock, says Charlie Brown sadly, and that happens at every door. All the other kids get wonderful treats like candy, gum, and popcorn balls, and Charlie Brown gets rocks. Lucy decides they've done enough trick-or-treating, and it's time to go to the party. After all, everyone has a bag filled to the brim with treats. Everyone except Charlie Brown. He has a bag full of rocks. On their way to the party, they pass by the pumpkin patch again. The kids laugh at Linus and Sally for waiting there instead of coming to the party. The great pumpkin will be here, Sally yells, defending Linus. After the kids walk by, Sally turns to Linus. All right, where is he, she asked. He'll be here, Linus assures her. I hope so, Sally replies. Think of all the fun we're missing. And the Halloween party is a lot of fun for everyone except Charlie Brown. At first, Charlie Brown thinks his knight is looking up when the other kids ask him to be the model for the jack-o'-lantern. That sounds like a great honor. But then he realizes that being the model means having Violet draw a big pumpkin face on the back of his head. Meanwhile, in the pumpkin patch, Sally is growing tired of waiting for the great pumpkin. If anyone had told me I'd be waiting in a pumpkin patch on Halloween night, I'd have said they were crazy, she complains. Just then, she and Linus hear a rumbling noise. They see a shadow emerging from the pumpkin patch. It's the great pumpkin rising up out of the pumpkin patch, Linus yells. He's so excited to see the great pumpkin that he faints. But it isn't the great pumpkin after all. It's just the World War One flying ace on his way back from a very important mission. Linus wakes up and asks S- Sally what happened. I was robbed, how Sally. Halloween is over and I missed it. She stomps out of the pumpkin patch, leaving Linus all alone to wait for the great pumpkin. Linus falls asleep waiting, and later that night, Lucy comes to bring him home and tuck him into his warm bed. The next day, Charlie Brown tries to make Linus feel better. Don't take it too hard that the great pumpkin never showed up, he tells his friend. But Linus doesn't feel let down. Just wait until next year, he tells Charlie Brown. I'll find the most sincere pumpkin patch, and I'll sit in that pumpkin patch until the great pumpkin appears.